Good morning, church family. For it is wonderful to be back in the pulpit this week. As today we will be in Mark chapter 4, and we'll be looking specifically at verses 21 through 25. We're at a parable concerning a lamp and a basket, which comes right on the heels, church, of yet another parable that we looked at last week, that parable being the parable of the sower, which I thought Pastor Ricardo did a wonderful job explaining and illustrating and applying for us all. However, if you were not here last week, what Pastor Ricardo preached on was a parable about a sower church who went out to sow some seed. However, as we saw last week, some seed that the sower sowed, it fell along the hard path and some birds came and devoured it. Whereas some other seed that the sower sowed, it fell upon the rocky ground. And although it sprang up quickly, since it did not have much soil to really root itself into, the sun then came and eventually scorched it out. Additionally, some other seed fell among the thorns, church, and this seed simply got choked out by the thorns and thus yielded no fruit. However, as we saw in verse 8, there was also some seed that fell into good soil. And that seed, church, well, it produced much fruit, to which Jesus Christ, when asked about the specifics of this parable, he went on to explain in verses 14 through 20 that the sower in this parable, that he, verse 14, sows the word, a.k.a. shares the good news of the kingdom of God. And when the word is sown along the path, if you will, or when someone with a hard heart hears the word, they do not understand it or respond to it, and thus Satan comes, verse 14, and takes the word that is sown in them away. As for the word that is sown in the rocky ground, or shared with those with a shallow heart, as Jesus Christ explains, although that word is initially received with joy, as soon as any type of tribulation or persecution comes to those with a shallow heart, because of the word, they then, verse 17, end up falling away from it. Similarly, church, when the word is sown among the thorns or shared with someone whose heart is divided, for it's as if that person hears the word of God, but instead of living the word out or bearing gospel fruit, the word then simply gets choked out of their life by the deceitfulness of riches and or by the desires of the world. However, when the word of God is sown in good soil, church, i.e. into the hearts that are receptive to the Word of God, well then, the Word of God is received and believed and accepted and cherished, and those individuals then who receive that Word, they then bear gospel fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold throughout the entirety of their lives. To which Jesus Christ then builds on that parable by offering his listeners, as we will see in the text today, another parable about the kingdom of God and about how his true disciples are to heed and to receive his word. Which takes us to our thesis statement this morning, church, or to the main theme of our sermon this morning, which is this. Christian, Jesus Christ has come into this dark world as the light 
of life. Therefore, we must hear and pay close attention to all that he has revealed to us. Again, our thesis statement this morning is this. Christian, Jesus Christ has come into this dark world as the light of life. Therefore, we must hear and pay close attention to all that he has revealed to us. Therefore, at this time, church, let's open our Bibles up to Mark chapter 4. As this morning, we will be looking specifically at verses 21 through 25. And if you are joining us this morning and do not own a Bible, please know that that is okay and that there is a Bible in the chair in front of you this morning with your name on it, meaning we want you to grab that Bible, to keep that Bible, yes, feel free to keep it, and to diligently read that Bible starting today by opening that Bible up to page 839 and to join us as we as a church family hear the Word of God together this morning. For again, we are looking this morning at Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25, where the author of the Gospel of Mark, John Mark, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes, And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how good it is to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. Although it is cold and snowy outside, Father, we thank you for the warmth, the affection, and the love that we have toward each other and toward you, God. Father, it is wonderful to be in your presence this morning, to hear the excitement of the children, Lord, and to sit under your word this morning. Father, we pray that we be open to all that you have to say, not only today, but to the full counsel of God, all the truths that you have given us. Father, you have given us ears to hear. You have given us eyes to see. You have given us a heart that is willing to receive your word. Thus, let us be quick to go to your word, to mine over your word, to try to understand and discern and pay attention to and walk out and live by faith in your word and your word alone. Because we know if you do, you will continue to enlighten us, to illuminate the beauty of your word more and more and more for us. But give us that zeal, Father, to dive into your word and to see the beauty of your light. Father, I pray again that you open our eyes this morning, our ears and our hearts particularly to this word, that we see Jesus Christ 
brilliantly and beautifully displayed. Father, send your spirit and help me this morning as well. Father, I pray for help with my lisping and my stammering tongue. Father, I pray that I be confident, not in my own abilities, but in your infallible word this morning. And Lord, I deliver your word to your people so that may, they may be transformed by your word this morning and continually go to you more and more for more insight. For you will give it to them, Father, for your word said so. Let this entire service, Father, be a worthy and glorifying sacrifice to you this day, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first of two points this morning, church, is this. Point number one, God did not send his son Jesus Christ into this world simply to hide him under a basket, but instead to display his eternal glory to the world. Again, point number one, God did not send his son Jesus Christ into this world simply to hide him under a basket, but instead to display his eternal glory to the world. Verses 21 through 23. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So despite Jesus Christ just sharing with his disciples the parable of the sower and having to explain it to them, and also them sharing with his disciples in verses 11 and 12 that for those on the outside, that everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and hear but not understand. Jesus Christ then goes on to share with his disciples here as we see in verse 21. For as a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand. Now, at face value, church, even to us in the 21st century, this is a pretty easy question to answer, is it not? For who would ever today go to a store and buy a brand new lamp only to then bring that lamp home, turn it on, and to put a basket over it and ultimately hide its light? For to the answer to that question, church, is absolutely no one. Because if someone purchases a brand new lamp, what they are going to do is bring that lamp home, put it on a stand, turn that lamp on, and let that lamp shine within the darkness. Similarly, church, even though the original audience here in the text would not have had electric lamps, they still most certainly would have had clay lamps, which would have been filled with oil, and would have had some kind of wick which would have get, gotten lit and then would have given off light. So even the original audience here at church would have never brought a lamp into a room and placed it under a basket or hid it under a bed, but instead would have most assuredly put that lamp onto a stand so that that lamp could pierce the darkness, shine, and bring light into the room. Makes sense, right? However, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ here, he isn't just offering his disciples here an easy or obvious question to answer about a lamp in a basket simply so that they can feel smart or good about themselves. 
And I say that because throughout the Old Testament church, we see the word lamp used at multiple times as a metaphor, for it's used as a metaphor for God in 2 Samuel 22, for the Messiah in Psalm 132, and for even that of the Word of God in Psalm 119. Therefore, when Mark here asks in verse 21, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand, the lamp here, church, it seems to be a metaphor or a symbol or a picture of none other than Jesus Christ, who came into this dark and depraved and dying world, not to be hidden under a basket or to be placed under someone's bed, but instead to be put onto a stand and to shine light into the darkness, John chapter 1, 4, to give light to everyone, John chapter 1, 8, and ultimately be the light of the world, John chapter 8, verse 12. And yet, church, despite Jesus Christ coming into this dark world as the light of the world and sharing the good news of the kingdom of God with the world, the world church, they did not recognize him and they did not receive him and thus they did not truly know him, but instead believed that he, Jesus Christ, was possessed was in cahoots with Satan and was blaspheming and thus needed to be destroyed because, quite frankly, church, they were never given the secret of the kingdom of God. Since, as Alistair Begg points out, it is only by grace alone, through faith alone, that the secret of the kingdom of God as revealed in the person, the words, and the works of Jesus Christ can be known by anyone. And thus, it doesn't matter, church, how many sermons the unsaved world hears Jesus Christ preach, or how many miracles they see Jesus Christ perform, or how many parables they listen to Jesus Christ share, because without faith, the secret of the kingdom of God and the true identity of the Son of God will remain a mystery to the world. However, Jesus Christ goes on here, to brilliantly and to assuredly explain to his disciples in verse 22 that nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. That nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. William Barclay Church, he wrote that in the 16th century, an astronomer by the name of Copernicus made the discovery that the earth was not the center of the universe, but instead that the earth actually went around the sun and not the sun around the earth. However, he was a cautious man and for 30 years kept this discovery to himself. Nevertheless, in 1543, when death was upon him, he persuaded a printer to print his work on this discovery. Then in the 17th century, Galileo accepted this theory of Copernicus and stated publicly his belief for it. However, in 1616, he was summoned to Rome and his beliefs were condemned and were noted as foolish, absurd, false in theology, and heretical because they were contrary to Scripture, to which Galileo gave in to as it was easier for him to conform than to die. And for many years then, he remained silent. However, eventually, 
Galileo then came back out in the open with this theory, only to be forced again to recant of it in order to save himself from death. To which Barclay concludes, you can threaten to torture a man for discovering the truth, and you can even call him a fool and try to laugh him out of court, but that does not alter the truth. For the truth may be attacked, delayed, suppressed, and mocked, but time will bring its revenge, because in the end the truth will prevail. Therefore, a man must never be willing to fight against the truth. So thinking big picture here, church, Jesus Christ, he came into this world and he brought the light of life into the darkness. And he did signs and wonders and miracles and cast it out, even that of demons. And he preached the gospel to the poor and he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God. And then he willingly gave up his life on a cross at Calvary for the sins of many, only to be raised, church, from the dead three days later, whereby his disciples then went out, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and took the good news of Jesus Christ to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and even to the ends of the earth, and yet, church, the depraved world, they still love the darkness rather than the light, and thus are absolutely content to flee from that light, to reject the person, the word, and the works of Jesus Christ, and to quite simply mock those who believe in the good news of the kingdom of God. However, church, the darkness, it will never, ever, ever defeat the light. And thus you can be sure of this, brother Christian, sister Christian, that there will come a day when all that is hidden and secret and mysterious concerning the identity of Jesus Christ and the eternal kingdom of God will be made known to all. And that there will come a day, church, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will come again in his glory and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, and he will bring forth a kingdom church where death will be no more, nor will there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, but instead where all things will be made new. And thus to anyone with ears to hear this morning, let him hear that although the true identity of Jesus Christ and his eternal kingdom is still hidden to some and still being rejected by others, do not lose heart, because when the time is right and all has been fulfilled, the God-man Jesus Christ will come again in his glory, and his eternal reign will be made known to all. Since our God did not send his son Jesus Christ into this world simply to cover him with a basket or to put him under a bed, but instead God the Father sent Jesus Christ into this world to put him onto a stand so that his eternal glory church would shine before all. Which brings us to point number two, which is this, church. Those who hear and continually respond in faith to the word of God, they will receive then from God even more understanding concerning the word of God. Let me say that again. Those who hear and continually respond in faith to the word of God, 
they will receive then from God even more understanding concerning the word of God. Verses 24 and 25. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So in verse 23, Jesus Christ said, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then as we see in verse 24, Jesus Christ goes on to say, pay attention to what you hear. And thus it is quite obvious here that Jesus Christ is serious about his true disciples hearing and paying attention to exactly what he has to say. Not just getting wind of what he has to say about the kingdom of God and not just being in his presence when he begins to share a parable about the kingdom of God, but instead Jesus Christ wants his disciples to be focused on hearing and paying close attention to all that he has to say and that they intently listen to his words, believe in his words, and respond faithfully to his words. Because as Jesus Christ goes on to share in verse 24, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. In essence, church, those who hear the word of God and to pay attention to the word of God and to willingly and joyfully and steadfastly respond in faith to the word of God, God then in his grace will give to them more and more understanding concerning the truths of his word. Whereas on the flip side of that church, those who reject the word of God and who are dismissive of the word of God and who don't respond in faith to the word of God, well, even what little spiritual insight they might have, verse 25, will be taken away. Because as one commentator writes, although God is exceedingly generous, he is no fool, for he only gives more to those who truly want what they have already received. And thus our God does not give more to people who have little if they do not truly receive the little that they have been given. And how often, church, do we see the reality of this literally played out in the world all around us? For to paraphrase Robert Eaton, there once was a man with very little knowledge of religion, for he was much neglected during his youth. However, he had some small idea of God's goodness and power and that it was his duty to go to church. And thus, in the house of God, he came under good influences and his conscience was enlightened. And he became a regular attendant, confessed faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then began taking part in communion regularly because to the one who has, more will be given. Whereas on the other hand, church, there once was a man who did indeed receive a good education concerning the facts of Christianity in Sunday school. However, after some time, he began to go to work and started thinking that he was too much of a man for Sunday school and didn't go any longer. And thus, little by little, the learning that he did receive in Sunday school soon faded away, for he would attend church now and again, but eventually he became as ignorant and indifferent to the things of God as any heathen, since for the one who has not, 
even what he has will be taken away. Therefore, our desire to hear the word of God, to play close attention to the word of God, to respond in faith to the word of God, and to be conformed by the word of God each and every day, Christian, it matters. Because how often do you see the individual Christian who says that they are a Christian, but who then, out of nowhere, stops going to church every week? And who then all of a sudden begins to become rather comfortable with certain sins in their life. Which leads to them affirming many of the ways of the world and also rejecting then many of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. And then seemingly in just a short amount of time they have absolutely no desire for any of the things of God. Whereas on the other hand, Christian, how often do we see the individual who loves to go to church and who loves to sit under the preaching of God's word and be convicted by God's word, go home then and begin to hate their sins and to repent of their sins and to turn from their sins. And not only that church, but also then begin to open up the word of God for themselves and to mine those truths and to meditate on those truths and even begin to apply those truths to their lives to the point in that scene seemingly just a short amount of time, they begin to grow immensely in their love for God and in their understanding of his word because God in his mercy has simply begun to illuminate more and more and more of his word to them each and every day. Therefore, if you're sitting there this morning, brother Christian, sister Christian, and you're feeling a bit stale spiritually, Or maybe you're trying to figure out what steps you can take next in order to know Jesus Christ more or to love Jesus Christ more or to have your faith be strengthened in Jesus Christ more Then your first step cannot be, Christian, to doubt Jesus Christ more or to dispute the teachings of Jesus Christ more or to seek to deconstruct the words or the works of the ways of Jesus Christ more. But instead, your first step must must be Christian, to humbly and to expectantly and to openly pay great attention to the word of God and to then respond to his word in faith, since God in his mercy will be faithful, Christian, as we see in the text today, to grow your understanding of his word exponentially. Therefore, receive the word of God with eagerness, Christian, and examine it daily to see more and more of its truth and the breath of the Almighty will give you understanding until the day your faith in that truth, Christian, becomes your eternal sight. And thus, as we begin to close this morning, I want to begin by addressing the non-Christian who's here first. Because whether you realize it or not, non-Christian, there is a pretty alarming element in this text that does indeed relate directly to you. That element being that simply because God in his mercy, non-Christian, has revealed at this time anything of himself to you, that by no means means that he won't ever, as we see in verse 25, take what little understanding you have of him, non-Christian, away if you continue to reject him. Therefore, ponder deeply this morning, non-Christian, this 
glorious message of God that I'm about to share with you. And then, please, please, please respond to this message accordingly. That message being that God, our Heavenly Father, loved this world so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, into this world so that through him, non-Christian, we not only could be forgiven of our sins, but also then receive the gift of eternal life. And he, Jesus Christ, accomplished that, non-Christian, by coming into this world as truly God and as truly man and by initially living for us the life that we could never live. Meaning that the law of God, non-Christian, that we as human beings break over and over and over again each and every day that Jesus Christ, that he never broke that law once, but instead kept the law of God perfectly and completely and without sin and thus fulfilled the law of God non-Christian for the children of God. However, in order to save sinners from their sins, Jesus Christ not only had to fulfill the law of God for the children of God, but he also then had to pay the debt of their sins, that debt being non-Christian, that of death. And thus Jesus Christ willingly then gave himself up and was crucified on a cross at Calvary and died a sinner's death in our place and as our very substitute so that through his wounds, non-Christian, sinful man then could eternally be healed. And I say that with such vigor and confidence and conviction this morning, non-Christian, because three days after Jesus Christ died, Jesus Christ then, he did not stay dead, but instead he rose from the dead, proving to the world that he had defeated sin and destroyed eternal death once and for all, and that he now offers eternal life to all who place their trust in him. Thus, non-Christian, let today be the day that you turn from your sin. Let today be the day that you repent of your sin and you place your trust in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone. As the only one who can forgive you of your sin, as the only one who paid the price for your sin and died for your sin and can clothe you then in his perfect life and reconcile you back to God forever. For it is the grace of God, non-Christian, that you were able to hear that gospel message this morning and thus do not waste this opportunity. But instead, right here, right now, let today be the day, non-Christian, that you repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus Christ, and Christ will be faithful to forgive you of your sins and to give you the gift of eternal life. And as for the Christian who was here today, brother Christian, sister Christian, I'd like for us to close this morning by looking again at verses 23 and 24. Specifically, the portion that reads, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he, Jesus, said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. Now make no mistake about it, church, for the only reason that we have ears to hear the Word of God and believe in the Word of God and respond in faith to the Word of God is because by grace God has given us the ears to hear. 
so that we can, church, verse 24, pay attention to what we hear and grasp the word of God and submit to the teachings of Jesus Christ and even discern that of his parables. And yet, how often do we see self-professing Christians today or churches today, or pastors today, not only neglecting this idea of hearing and discerning and following the Word of God, but instead, and to build on this point of application here from the text this morning a bit, they pay more attention, church, to the word of celebrities, or to the words of TED Talks, or to the words of motivational speakers, or influencers, or professors, or what have you, instead of the Word of God. Because in their mind, the Word of God is a bit antiquated, or outdated, if you will, or is no longer relevant enough in and of itself to reach people, or isn't quite sufficient enough anymore to help people with all their complex and contemporary needs. However, brother Christian, sister Christian, what we must never fail to forget is that although the world around us is most definitely complicated and contemporary and complex, the kingdom of God, church, despite all of that, is still growing and is still expanding, and is still moving, and spreading, and advancing, and reaching more and more people groups throughout the world each and every day. And that's not happening, church, because of modern-day self-help books, or because of TED Talks, or motivational speeches, or even because of secular moralism, therapeutic deism, or the like. But the advancement of the kingdom of God is happening, church, because of the same old message and the same old word and the same old good news that Jesus Christ brought into this world some 2,000 years ago. And thus my point here, brother Christian, sister Christian, is this. Since you, Christian, have been given the grace needed to hear the word of God and to discern the message of God and to respond in faith to all of the truths of God, keep yourself grounded then, Christian, in the word of God. And I say that because the day is coming, Christian, when people will not endure sound teaching, but instead will get itchy ears and will accumulate for themselves teachers that suit their own passion and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths, Second Timothy chapter 4. Therefore, brother Christian, sister Christian, do not get itchy ears for the new story or for the new fad, or for the new philosophy, or worldview, or theory, or belief, but instead, Christian, just keep hearing, and paying attention to, and discerning, and being an absolute all of the old, old story found in the Word of God about Jesus Christ and His eternal glory. Because if you do that, church, God will be faithful to strengthen you, to keep enlightening you, and to continue to grow you until the day the author and the founder of your faith, Jesus Christ, comes again. And he says to you, Christian, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. However, that promise, church, will only be a reality for those who hear and believe and who never give up on the old, old story. 
Thus it is my prayer that we as a church body continue to place our confidence and our trust and our convictions in the fact that God, our Heavenly Father, did not send His Son Jesus Christ into this world simply to hide Him under a basket, but instead to display His eternal glory to the world. Therefore, we know, Father, that Jesus Christ will come again to judge the world, to make everything new, and to bring forth a kingdom that will have no end, but in instead will endure forever and ever and ever. However, until that day, Father, keep us from turning aside to hear what the doubter with itching ears has to say, or to what the hard-hearted fool has to proclaim, but instead let us remain diligent, Father, to give our ears only to you, knowing that the measure we use will be measured back to us and still even more. Therefore, help us, Lord, in the here and now to heed your word above all else, all while we look forward to the day when your perfect glory and your perfect kingdom will be made known to all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for ears to hear. We thank you for the grace needed to hear your word, to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, the messianic secret that Jesus Christ is king, he is Lord, he is sacrifice, he is redeemer, he is our propitiation, he is our God. The only mediator between God and man is the man Christ Jesus who has saved us from our sins. And yes, Father, we see people, even today, blaspheme his name, reject him as Lord, reject him as Savior. But Father, we know there will come a day when he will come again, and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Gus, let us not run off to any of these new age philosophies or foolishness, but let us keep ourselves grounded as those given ears to hear, to pay attention to the only word that saves, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, we know that if we continue to mine your word, to dive into your word, to seek to know you more through your word, even when it's difficult to understand, you will illuminate your word to us. You will allow us to see you more. And Father, that is eternal life, that we may know you, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Thus, let us continue to know you more each and every day, until we have been given new imperishable bodies, fit to see you and to be in your presence forever and ever and ever. Amen.